Hello, my darlings. Hello. I'm back. It's me, Mimi. And when I say I'm back, I am glad to be back doing another podcast. I'm actually back in DC. And I don't know if I'm happy about that. But it was a great trip out in Las Vegas. I mean, it's funny to be back here on the East Coast. And it really is night and day. Um, between Nevada and DC, just in terms of the restrictions that are um, laid out for masks. And of course, Las Vegas is Las Vegas. People do whatever the hell they want. So I am here getting back to normal, getting acquainted to my room, my apartment, my everyday life. But anyway, that aside, Things have been crazy in the news. It's always depressing, but, you know, I'm here to help filter through all of the chaos and the noise so that you're able to navigate your way and find your internal spiritual journey or guidance, whatever it is that you're looking for. So hopefully you all are doing well. Um, yeah, there's been some some very strange things happening that I'm seeing in the news regarding the labor force. It is quite surprising, but I'm not totally surprised. There's just been this shift of people either quitting, not going to work. And I think it's pretty obvious why people, some people are not going to work. I do have several stories about a family member who runs a a valet. He's actually a manager. And one particular employee started her day. And on the first day, when she realized that she had a $8,000 check deposited into her account from the government, she quit. So... He's having a very hard time staffing people. I know there are a lot of um, the retail sector, I should say, is is having a very hard time. The service sector, if that's what it's called, is having a very hard time. So there have been some very interesting patterns going on. Um, there's a labor shortage. I mean, there's definitely some some weird things. But I again, I'm not totally surprised about it. So what does that end up? meaning, right? So let's let's break this down. So we know there's a shift. There's a shift happening. And I know there might be some people who will say it's because the economy is coming back. And, you know, I have my own theories. Maybe I should present it to, to this audience. But I think it's more than just the economy coming back. I, I think the numbers are cooked to begin with. But again, you have people who are quitting because they realize that they don't have to work so much harder if they're getting a free check from the government. I obviously am not getting any money and yet I would like a little bit of little help, but you know what? I've been, I've made my way for a very long time. I've, I've done it on my own. Um, there are people who are currently in a situation where they need to be, you know, given the jab, if you know what I'm talking about. And people are not going to do that. It's a straight division. I'm seeing it in obviously across 
this entire nation. You either get the jab or don't come back to work. Now, I think I think for some places it may have gotten that strict, but I do think that that is the direction that we're going is that if you did not get the shot, then you are not going to be able to have a job. And that is going to be very telling in terms of where we are going in this country. There are people who have realized that working from home has been very productive for them and they don't want to go into the office. And I know there's some employers, I, I believe there was Google. I could be wrong. I don't think it was probably Google, but it was definitely Apple and Apple's employees were extremely pissed that they needed to go back to work. And their justification was we provided the same quality and the same level of productivity, maybe even more. And now you want us to go back into the office again. San Francisco is hella expensive. I would not want to return to San Francisco. I've never lived there. But if I was in that position, I wouldn't want to live there. And I know Facebook had cut some people's and um, their salaries when they moved out of San Francisco. So again, this is all very telling. It's very confusing. I'm actually not confused. I know this confusion is done on purpose, but you know, I just wanted to lay out some of the so-called theories on why we're seeing a labor shortage or why people are quitting. So let's take it. You know, take a couple steps back and really talk about what is changing, what is is causing this shift. So we know that technology is a large contributor to our ability to work from anywhere, to have a laptop, to have Wi-Fi. Um, If you have those two, then you're good. And, you know, we've become very dependent on technology. And um, we begin to see some of the shifts of dependency, whether if you go to the airport and you see a kiosk, right? Technology now is doing a much better job than, and I'm not saying that, I'm just noticing that there are higher ups who think that technology is much more efficient, uh, reliable, and uh, more productive than a human being. So again, you go to the airport, there are kiosks. I remember several years ago when there was so many personnel, if whatever, it didn't matter what um, airline you flew, there was very, very limited, if any, kiosks. And that, I think, to me was sort of the first indicator. I think there were other indicators, but just looking at at the airport and seeing the kiosks, I was like, yeah, these people are definitely not going to have a job in about 15 years. And it has the the staff has definitely decreased the past couple of years. And I don't know why these people don't realize that they're going to become obsolete. Another area where technology is replacing humans. And again, the idea is that technology has influenced our ability to work anywhere, but we are seeing technology evolving at a rate where I don't see a lot of human beings who are catching up and realizing that there is this shift and we will become obsolete. So another area in in the area that I am familiar with is the technology space. So I do work on products and 
there are many developers, you know, it was first anyone who knew how to code. It was a very specialty skill to have. And it, you could say that the boom of, of computers, but again, I think it was more from the 80s with Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. And all of a sudden, you know, I think it was like the late 80s, early 90s, you started to see um, Silicon Valley and uh, Stanford, actually, I should backtrack. Stanford became sort of the university that was shaping the whole technology uh, space. And then, of course, California ended up becoming that hub where you would see a lot of, of, of developers, of engineers and so forth. So now that I work or I've had several years working in this industry, you know, I've seen the shift where when I first began, the developers were in high demand, extremely high demand. OK, and they, they still are to some degree. Um, and then we started to see a shift of developers being outsourced. So because there were so many, well, I don't want to say there were so many jobs available that the developers were getting them left and right. I do think the supply of, of, of jobs available and the demand were all relatively high. But when you are an American and you are asking for benefits and you're asking for a high salary and so forth, I mean, all of that is being correlated to your value or where you're, where, you know, what city you're living in, et cetera. The companies, obviously, with certain policies that were in place in order to make this happen, decided to outsource the developers because it would be cheaper to get somebody from India, maybe even four developers for the price of one American. So you start to see the shift where now a lot of these jobs are being outsourced because it's much cheaper to do that. And now we are seeing the emergence of AI. And this is a big one. And I don't think a lot of people are prepared for it. So I definitely am going to talk a little bit more about the whole AI piece. It is absolutely critical um, to knowing that this is coming down the pipeline. But again, that is up to you to decide. It is part of your free will. And you know, it's it's better for you to to know this is coming down the pipeline and to plan than to be shocked by it. So, you know, technology has definitely shaped where we are and, and what we're doing and our ability to to have outreach to individuals, communities, organizations all across the globe. But I don't think people are seeing that with this emerging technology that is that could work much much longer longer hours um produce more uh doesn't require benefits uh doesn't doesn't sort of debate it just does what it needs to do you know this is going to be a very 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 challenging time and i think we are definitely in this age where that shift is happening pretty, pretty rapidly. Now, I do know a lot of people are also concerned about, you know, their salaries, right? The dollar is is pretty weak. It's been, it's had its phase. 
Um, it's bounced back a couple times, but it, it just does not look like it's doing so well. And I know some states, they have increased the minimum wage. But you got to understand that when you increase the minimum wage, so let's say to $15, an employer or a business has to pretty much reevaluate the books. They have to see what are our costs overall. They cannot afford to pay somebody at a significant bump, let alone almost like a quarter of, or I should say like a fraction of, of their employees, if it's not a fraction, it's probably more, and still keep sort of making the same profits and having the same amount of expenses. Like that's just not, it just doesn't make any sense. So they're definitely going to have to lay people off. So that's number one. Number two, if they increase, if there is an increase in the minimum wage, and a lot of this is being driven by laws that are passed in certain states, the other option that a business has is to reduce the amount of hours that that an employee would, would work. Then this would definitely hurt people who are hourly. So if you were originally making $11 an hour and then you live in a state where they increased the minimum wage to $15. Do you really think that you're still going to be working 40 hours a week? That's not going to be the case. That's not going to be the case. And this is where I want to inform people that you need to be aware of how economics works. I mean, you don't have to be an expert, but there's some basic things about running a business, understanding the economy, which will give you sort of the the foundation to understanding when certain policies are passed and certain laws are passed or people are debating a specific argument or position about increasing the minimum wage. I am by no means saying that people should survive on minimum wage. I think it's absolutely crazy that there are people making eight, nine dollars an hour here in this nation. That is so bizarre to me especially in today's age. Um, I do believe that everybody should have a decent living and really you don't need an, okay, people are going to have different opinions about this. I don't believe a single person needs a million dollars. And I also don't believe that you need, um, let's say $130,000 if you are single. I obviously do not have a family. I, I know the struggle of raising a, a family and it's expensive. But to my point, you know, if if things were affordable, we may not need, you know, to ask for like $150,000. If you're living in, let's say, New York City or San Francisco, which by the way, $150,000 is probably equal to 80000 in Columbus, Ohio. See that that's how bizarre it is. <laughs> Someone can be making 150,000 in San Francisco and I I have definitely seen it. I I've, I've, I've had people tell me that they still cannot afford a one bedroom apartment in San Francisco making 15180. That to me is so insane. But anyway, that's a whole different other topic. But just understand that I mean people are also shifting jobs because they're trying to find the right pay. And it's tough. It is so freaking tough out there. 
And this is why it's like you have to know where the trend is going for the labor force, for these job markets. And I'm I'm trying to pay attention too because I'm trying to figure out why are people quitting? There was a article where the jobs report, 4 million people quit in April. In April. So if we begin to see a trend of people quitting month over month this year, I can guarantee you the signs are not saying that the economy is getting better because if people are quitting, they need to be hired by somebody else. That's what the number should show. So if if I quit, hopefully I quit knowing that I have another job somewhere else. But if the numbers or the job reports are showing that people are not getting hired by another employer or finding another job, then it, it it really brings another question as to what's really going on. And again, I do think that there are things related to quote unquote the jab. Um, but I also think that, you know, people are either not motivated or people are tired or people know that there is a safety net that the government is giving them and they're going to exploit that. So, you know, that's that's what I see going on overall with the labor force um and the people who are going to hurt the worst is really just my generation and that generation actually I mean every generation is going to suffer right so the people who are trying to retire they are actually working much longer and it hasn't been a good couple years it really hasn't especially last year so for someone who wanted to retire last year had to extend or delay their retirement to this year and who knows what the prospects are going to look like for this year, but it's becoming more and more challenging to decide when to retire. I know um, my generation, if you want to say the millennials, but the millennials are having also a very tough time. I remember when the recession happened, that was horrible, uh, but I can't say it was as bad as I didn't live through the depression, but knowing about the depression that was depression is horrible. It was probably one of the worst times in America, but 2008 with the recession, that was pretty bad. Um, I was in college and about to graduate and you can understand how you are, you're, you're behind, right? But I can say that the opportunities are still there. I think the generation that follows the millennials, those who are in college, those who are just trying to get their footing into the labor force, just trying to find a job. Like I can't even imagine what type of limited opportunities are available. It just seems like that window keeps decreasing each year. And this is where, you know, this kind of goes into what do I see for 2021 and beyond It is so important for people to be creative and to figure out how can you be self-sufficient? How could you support yourself? And and this system does not serve us. That is the one thing that you need to understand. This system is not here to serve us. We serve the system and we are not getting anything in return. At least anything positive, anything that is beneficial or improves our ability to to get to another milestone to 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 become to become better <laughs> but 
in terms of like what we need to do. So what I see for 2021, I do believe that we will continue to see a trend of people quitting, quitting or being fired. All right. And it's not, this is not going to help anybody. This is not going to help the nation at all. So we're going to see that trend. I do know that there are some bills that are being reviewed, being considered. We know that the G7, they were thinking about having a corporate global tax, which it looks like the United States, I'm hoping this is not the case, but it looks like the United States may become the first one to have that global corporate tax, let alone there's supposed to be a bill that has passed or will attempt to be passed to add a corporate tax of 25%. So what does that mean? So if this bill passes, and I'm not sure if it has passed or if it, if they plan on trying to pass it, but if it does pass, that means anybody that is working in corporate America, I mean, actually, everybody's going to be affected by this because what's going to happen is that the <laughs> heads are going to roll, people will be fired, Corporations have to figure out how to still make profits, still produce the same amount, but with a decreased amount of employees, period. Again, that goes back to what I was saying about other factors or with the minimum wage, where if you increase the salary, you have to let people go or you have to decrease the amount of hours. So if there's going to be a corporate tax that's going to be increased to 25%, I can guarantee you're going to see goods increase. You're going to see a lot of layoffs. You are going to probably even see people quitting. I don't know if people are going to be able to have severance packages. I don't know if that's going to be available. I know in some states it's illegal to do that without, it's illegal to fire somebody without having a severance package. So I, you know, if certain things get passed, it's not going to look good at all. That's all I'm going to say is that you need to get ready for this. This is going to be a very bumpy road. So what does this mean in terms of what can you do to prepare yourself? So again, the first thing is that you need to learn how to be self-sufficient. You need to develop some organic skills or just basic skills, right? So if you don't know how to plant, begin to learn how to plant. Uh, I know that sounds so weird, but it, it's technology is taking over. And if you thought that you could be a coder, if you thought that you can build websites, I mean, that's great but you are not going to be in demand there. You are going to become obsolete is what I'm saying. So you need to find ways to be self-sufficient. You need to find ways to still be able to either make some type of income in the system. As much as I disagree with this system, you got to find a way to bring that income without being dependent on a corporation. If you need to start your own business, there's still a small window of opportunity to do it. It is very possible. You have to believe in yourself, but you can do it. The other thing is recognizing that we as human beings are no longer in the equation. That is a very, very hard concept for people to digest. But again, when it comes to AI, AI can do things 
five, 10 times faster than a human being. It could work at levels of efficiency that a human being cannot do. So knowing that this is the trend, this is the direction that not just here in the United States, but the entire world, that's where we're going. You need to be able to acknowledge that this is the case. I'm not saying that we need to accept it. We can definitely reject this plan, but you have to acknowledge that this is what certain people believe in order to make, you know, the bottom line. So self-sufficiency, acknowledging that there is a plan to execute removing human beings from the equation, you need to become more educated and aware of what's going on. So I know it is very taxing to study and to be on top of all of the news. And again, the news is depressing. It's horrible. I, I totally agree with you. But you have to become aware and you have to keep those senses attuned. You know, I, I sometimes don't like to pay attention to the news, but I'll have it in the background because there might be something that is being told to you and you may hear it in, in passing and it could be a sign right? <laughs> Any type of knowledge that is useful for you to, to have a better plan for the future, by all means, consume it, right? And it doesn't mean that you take anything at face value, but you need to hear what is going on. Don't tune it out. Because if you tune it out, that's how you become very ignorant of what's going on. You know, that they say that the devil doesn't sleep, right? So you shouldn't be sleeping. You need to, to, to be aware of all of the information, as hard as it is to digest it, consume it, you know, process it. And then finally, I did mention this slightly about, you know, humans no longer being part of the equation. We can reject this entire move. I do feel that a lot of people feel like we're hopeless. They feel that we cannot collectively as as citizens we don't have the ability to make change you know and I, I can't remember where I read this but I think it was you know you don't need an entire nation to make the change I think it was in reference to the civil war I think they said only 10 percent of the nation's population actually made the change that that needed to occur and then you can see patterns of that in our history, whether it's the civil rights movement, whether it was uh, saying no to wars, international wars. I mean, you see it all the time. It does not mean that every single citizen in a nation has to accept a specific ideology if there is a positive change that that nation is trying to strive for. So we need to objectively reject this idea that human beings are obsolete to the system. We have so much value, but we just don't understand that value. We have not been told that we are powerful, that we are um, amazing beings and we could achieve so much. We're so used to transferring our power to politicians, to government bodies, to institutions that don't put us in the forefront. They don't put us in the forefront. And once you begin to recognize that, once you begin to see the individual power in yourself, and I definitely am going to expand on this idea that you as a being 
you have so much potential, right? Once you begin to understand the universal laws and how this works and how, like I will occasionally say you're having a human experience, you are more powerful than you think. And the people at the very top who continue to degrade you, belittle you, call you useless, they're actually terrified of you. So going back to the idea of we can all reject this, it really is up to you. If you choose to stick your head in the sand because you don't want to take that first move, and trust me, it is scary. It is very scary to make that first move, to stand up to an avalanche. It's like David versus Goliath, right? But once you make that first move, everything becomes a little bit easier. I'm not saying that this fight is going to be easy, but everything will become a little bit easier because you will have a sense of purpose. And that's probably why so many people, despite the fact that, yes, we are all trying to survive, people do not feel attached to the jobs that they're doing. There's no purpose. There isn't value in what we're doing. So if there is something that you're willing to fight for, whatever it is, let that simmer inside of you and let that be the passion, the driver to rejecting all of what's going on. You are valuable. So I'm going to go ahead and end this on a good note. I want all of you to understand how beautiful you all are. And we need to come together. And I know there's going to be disagreements and differences and so forth, but that's part of the beauty of who we are and why we are on this planet. So darlings, thank you for listening to this message. It has been an honor delivering another episode to you. If we're meeting for the first time, My name is Mimi Blue, and you are listening to Human Dialectic.